This is out of bounds. This is Out of Bounds. We're back. Happy 2024 to all of you out there. It's your home with the weird, wacky, and wild in the sports world. That's me, O'Brien. I'm John Alba right here on the Know Your News Network. It's so great to be back with you. We had a couple weeks off for the holidays, but we are back in the back of a Cadillac, as one Brian Johnson would say. Mia, it's been a been a. I promise I got hours. that reference. It's been a hectic 24 hours for you. How you doing? Oh, yeah, just a little bit. Um, that's why I just realized as we get ready to rock and roll, um, I, I left my, my celebratory toast drink. I, I left it out there, which um, fair warning. You can go get it if you'd like. I'll, okay, I'll BS, cool. I'll, I'll BS for everybody. Yeah! I hope everyone else had a great holiday. It's been nonstop chaos on this end as well. But I can tell you that me and I are both very happy to be back with you. I love doing this show. And talking about the weird, wacky, and wild in sports world. On this episode of Out of Bounds, we are going to be talking a lot about the NFL playoffs. Everything that has been set up from that. We'll be talking about Black Monday. And of course, you know it would not be an episode of Out of Bounds without talking about our friend Aaron Rodgers. Which you know is going to be something quite fun. There she is. Uh, May I, I know you've been waiting to introduce everyone to your quasi home studio now yes the quasi home studio is complete um still working on some of the wall art as you can tell but we have our let me make sure we got our backdrop our little like uh amazon award bookshelf. shelf okay we've got books do you have my and book i want my book back Oh, yeah, I do have your book. Best of all, <laughs> we have the cat tree for Terrence. Okay, all right. All so right. it's a work in progress. Um, thankfully, the Jaguars decided to end their season a little bit earlier than many expected. And so that should hopefully free me up to finish designing it in the weeks yeah. ahead. Well, we'll be talking about that on Out of Bounds as well. We want you guys to join us here in the conversation. Head on over to kynchat.com. Leave us your super chat. We'll read your comment. We'll read your question on air. Or if you're watching via YouTube, just drop it right there, and we'll read it. So we'd love you to be participating that we got so much football talk to get into i don't want to waste any more time mia what's on the docket for you today i got my knob creek again um so i was in nashville this weekend mm-hmm. i'm finishing first and foremost my little mm-hmm. water bottle i got from the parking attendant after was- parking my car at the jacksonville airport um i thought i had a half drank coke which i was going to uh cheers to in honor mm-hmm. of the jaguar season because as you know i love to take the coke bottles and then only drink like two sips and then bring them home so i have like six of them in my fridge um it does appear that i have completed them so we're just we're hydrating after uh maybe you one can too hydrate many. i'm gonna yeah. dehydrate after maybe one too many in uh in old nash vegas cheers to the end of the season for you here you go congrats mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> Diboja. Mm. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Let's dive in, pun intended. The Miami Dolphins. Ha 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 ha. They had everything going for them, John. They beat the Bills. They're going to be the number two seed in the AFC. They'll host through most of the playoffs. Instead, they collapse against Buffalo on a kick six and a game-ending interception by Tua, his second of the ball game. Now all of a sudden they go from having a nice home game in the confines of Miami for probably two rounds to negative 17 degree wind chill in Kansas city against the defending Super Bowl champions as the sixth seed. Has any team ever effed around and found out so quickly? <laughs> um, something tells me the next team we're going to get to maybe one of your answers. Boy, how, how, how as, as uh, Michael Scott would say, how the turntables have, uh, this, I feel, man, I feel for Dolphins fans. It hasn't been easy for Dolphins fans the last 25 years. It really has not. Every time you think you find something to latch on to, it gets taken away. Now, we're not writing off the Dolphins season. The Dolphins are a talented football team. They're lethal on the ground. They still could make a run in the NFL playoffs. You take them out of their element, and it was friendly confines down there in Miami. Although it was a pretty pro-Buffalo crowd, but continue. It was, but still, the weather's helpful for a team like that. And now you bring them out right away to one of the hardest, if not the hardest place to play in the NFL due to a couple bad plays 
from your special teams and offense. And your whole season is turned on itself as a result of that. This is brutal, especially for a team, Mia, that I think all things considered is pretty well coached. I hate seeing this for these Miami fans. It sucks. And I don't have much confidence that they can go into Kansas City and and beat that Chiefs team. Yeah, I have little to none, um, quite frankly. Um, I I think that Kansas City is salivating at this opportunity. And maybe Mike McDaniel proves us wrong. Maybe Tua rebounds. Um, I do want to go back to the special teams, the kick six in particular, because I want to make sure I get the guy's name. Um, Good. What's his name? The first name. Cam Good. Cam Good. The um, at that point he was their third option at edge rusher, but because they've already lost Bradley Chubb for the year, and they had Melvin Ingram having to drop into coverage because Cam Good gets tripped over Alec Ingold, which was a freak play. Like it was just a very freak play in which therefore he couldn't fill his gap and that's how hardy the buffalo returner was able to just little pinball get right through um but then it was crazy because then from that moment forth you already had a decimated position group and you were already struggling for pass rush from the edge obviously christian wilkins was awesome um from the interior but because you were struggling with those two guys now all of a sudden you're like staring down the barrel of cam good he's your only option and uh yeah it didn't favor the dolphins needless to say All right, we were having some technical difficulties with John. So after he filled some time while I got my water, here we are. Here we are. We're going to fill some time as well. So, yes, the Miami Dolphins, they fall to the Buffalo Bills 21-14 to in this ballgame. As far as the Dolphins' ceiling, like, is there a world in which Mike McDaniel comes around and, you know, is able to prove that he is this whiz kid, that Tua can play in those cold weather conditions? I think absolutely there's an opportunity for that as we're going to – here we go. Slide to the left. Slide to the right. Um, it'll definitely be something to watch as John now gets there. He is. Sorry about that, folks. My internet dropped. We're back. Hey, listen, it happens. I was worried it was me in the home mm-hmm. studio. Yeah. I'm like, man, oh You're man. Good. Um, but no, I was just, I was just discussing, John. What is the ceiling for this Miami Dolphins team? Because yes, could Mike McDaniel be the whiz kid that so many people believe him to be? Um, could the Chiefs continue to shoot themselves in the foot and infight? I absolutely see a scenario for that. But at the same time, if the Dolphins lose. I mean, now it's just like year after year. And last year, obviously, Tua was injured and they were decimated by injuries. But it's like, at what point is the breakthrough going to happen? Especially when you think and you saw how historically well their offense was playing earlier this year, that this could be. Which was the same as last year, by the way. You had the idea that this could be the year for them. Uh, Tua does have shortcomings. Uh, He doesn't have the arm strength. And I think for so long, it became this niche thing talking about arm strength and, oh, it's overplayed. Well, we saw what happened now in, in a meaningful moment. Underthrow after underthrow. Right, and and it was meaningful. And you can't make those mistakes against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, whose dad played Major League Baseball, and he's going to make you pay for it. Uh, we get the Tyreek Hill return to Kansas City, which is a, a pretty interesting storyline. And, and most importantly, Mia, too, this is a game everyone's complaining because – the NFL assigned this game to be the Peacock game. So unless you are in the local markets, the only way you're going to be able to watch Patrick Mahomes, whose dad played Major League Baseball, take on the Dolphins is going to be on Peacock. So if you're not a Peacock subscriber... You have Peacock, right? I do have Peacock. Because we love The Office. I mean, and all the WWE content is through Peacock, also so that I too. have to have it. Um, and I'm an NBCU employees so i get hey there we go um but yeah so um that's going to be really interesting to see how many people complain about that because so many people aren't even going to realize until sunday that that game is not on television and that's saturday night it's even worse it's saturday Saturday, rather people are going to be scrambling if you're out and about like if you're out to dinner and all of a sudden it's like like i know we had this experience when i was up in new jersey for my cousin's wedding and our good friend Andrew Badillo's as well. And my aunt calls the restaurant that we were having the brunch after my cousin's wedding at. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll carry the Jags London game, thinking it was on NFL Network. It was on ESPN+. Plus. Joke's on you. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I could totally see a world in which all these bars and restaurants are like, oh, yeah, like, we have it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, uh, ultimately, to put a bow tie on this, I, this, this is bad. And I feel bad for the Dolphins fans because they really are – a pretty tortured bunch. They're a tortured fan base. They they haven't had success in decades. And every single time you think you're getting a little, you give it right back. 
I feel for them. This should have been a layup for winning the AFC East. The the Bills, though, don't take anything away from them. They're white hot right now, and that's the right time to get hot going into the playoffs. Uh, We know they've underachieved quite a bit this season at times. I wouldn't want to face them right now. No, I would would go as far as to say they very much – are the biggest threat to the Ravens and the Chiefs. I'll just give the Chiefs credit since they are the defending champs um, to make the to make the Super Bowl uh, on behalf. So we're not of the playing AFC. the narrative this year. Oh, everyone counted out the Chiefs. We're not. We're not playing that narrative. No, I, the Chiefs got issues, dude. Like, I mean, could they run the table? Yeah, I think they could because they have Patrick Mahomes. They have the best player on planet Earth. Um, but they also like have receivers running the wrong routes, dropping passes. Their defense. It has so much put on them. The offensive line has had question marks. They haven't been able to run the ball if Isaiah Pacheco can't really get going. And the actual offensive operation, akin to the next team we're going to talk about, is pretty darn horizontal. And it's come back to bite them more than once. Kelsey looks old. And no, so it's, I don't know. But could I also see them win the Super Bowl? Yes. Um, But to the point about the Bills, because a lot was made online about this throughout the course of the last 24 hours. The Joe Brady decision that he, Ken Dorsey was fired. Joe Brady became the OC. I saw like Seth Walder and Mina Kimes were going back and forth about it, about how in terms of EPA per play, the Dolphins offense was actually technically better under Ken Dorsey. It's just that Joe Brady's leaning into the run so much more and unlocking James Cook. But Mina Kimes pointed out that the biggest difference has been their defense, which obviously had a Matt Milano-sized hole. They lost Trey White as well early in the season, and they had to learn how to play without a lot of those guys until they got some of them back. And that also included Dawson Knox on the offensive side of the ball. And so um, I, I, I think that that there, that's also part of it. But I think the Joe Brady thing, I know statistically speaking, that's going to be the big narrative the next 12, you know, the next however many days they're in the playoffs. Um that like Joe Brady being the OC suddenly solved everything. I I think it did. Um, even if the statistics don't line up with that. Yeah. We will see how they end up trending uh, a team that will not be trending into the postseason. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jags were eight and three, not all that long ago. They even sent out social media posts announcing that playoff tickets were on sale. Oops. Instead, Jacksonville loses six of seven to end the season they missed the playoffs after a loss to the Titans. Mia, where does this rank in terms of all-time bad regular season NFL collapses? Remember when you asked if the Dolphins um, were the team that has effed around and found out the most? No, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so here's the thing. In terms of where does it rank among collapses, the irony is that the Jaguars only got into the postseason last year because the Titans lost six straight games to end Mm -hmm. the year. The difference was that the Titans were starting Josh Dobbs, who they had signed two weeks earlier to the practice squad, in the season finale against the Jaguars after Ryan Tannehill went down and so many other injuries just ravaged their roster, which happened again this year, by the way, and they still beat the Jags in the finale yesterday in Nashville. Um, In terms of why this collapse happened, um, I can tell you, since obviously I was in the locker room, I was in Nashville, just got done talking to Doug three hours ago, The sense that I get is that this was a group that went on such a magical run one year ago in which they were the beneficiary of another elite collapse by the Tennessee Titans that they were just waiting around for when things were going wrong in December. It was, oh, it's okay because that magic moment's going to come and that spark's going to happen and then we're going to win and everything will be fine. And it never happened. And so for them, the biggest physical test where it was, you know what, we got to put in the work and we got to win this was – the last weekend weekend in November, they went to Houston. Many people believed that that was the game for the AFC South crown. That is when they improved to eight and three. They sneak past the Texans thanks to a missed field goal that was the boink off of the uh, off the crossbar in Houston. And that was a game, though, that if you actually go through the course of the game, the Jaguars fought. Like, they were down. They fought back. Their offense moved up and down the field. The defense got critical stops. Josh Allen with two sacks on the final drive to take the Texans all but out of field goal range. So, like, that's the crazy part is, like, to them, that was it. Like, that was the game that they put everything into and felt like they won the South. And the next month was just going to be cruise control. And it proved to not be the case. And so that is why not only is it among the biggest collapses in NFL history – it also is perhaps and the biggest F around and found out. Of what's what's memory. interesting about it is I don't feel like that many people are even talking about it that much. No. And, and I wonder why. I wonder if that's 
Just because the it's general, the Jags and people I, already I was about Saturday to say, night. Is it the general yeah. relevance or lack of relevance of the Jaguars franchise in the grand scheme of things in the NFL? And I don't mean that disrespectfully. It's just, you know, in the grand scheme of NFL play, they're not even 30 years old. They're still a relatively new franchise at the end of the day. Um, I'm disappointed because the Jaguars were a team coming out of last year's playoffs that Man, you just got excited about them. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a lot of young talent here. They brought 21 of 22 starters back. Doug, Doug Peterson's a coach that people seem to like playing for. He's a good dude. And, and it just seemed like they were do a break. They roll out all these stadium renovation announcements. You're like, okay, like things are turning the corner here. You're supposed to have a quarterback that is someone who should be the franchise. Well, Mia statistically through 49 games i saw this on social media yesterday and i couldn't believe it i was gonna blow you up about it i don't know if you saw this through 49 games there's one player in the last five years that came out in the nfl draft that trevor lawrence is almost identical to statistically do you know who that is another former jaguars quarterback daniel jones oh no that's been floating around for a couple weeks now so Imagine a scenario here where Trevor Lawrence does not pan out to be the savior that he was made to be. Now, to his credit, he dealt with a lot of injuries this year. He got beat up. Their offensive line did him no favors. The play calling at times did him no favors. But I think we're in a scenario, Mia, where the Jaguars now have to look internally a lot sooner than they thought they were going to and say to themselves, what is our path? And I don't think that's an overreaction. No, I I think this is the slice of humble pie and the kick in the rear that they needed. I think what's most fascinating, though, John, and again, you can take it at face value. A lot of it was coach speak. But talking to Doug Peterson today, he just kept talking about, you know, we we need to focus on the fundamentals. We just need to tackle better. We need to not turn the ball over. And we need to be in our gaps. And we not need to not drop the ball. And if we could do all those things, we're fine. And I don't know if that's like a very superficial way of looking at it. I think he's absolutely right because clearly uh, Derrick Henry, 11 carries for 141 yards, basically from the jump of the third quarter yesterday. Hey, shout to him. Um, he's not my beast of the week this week, but shout to him. What a hell of a run he had in Tennessee, huh? And he also had a legendary post-game press conference. Yeah, I'm very did. curious landing spot where he's going to end up. Um, but no, I, I think that Doug's right. Those little things, they definitely let go by the wayside because, you know, in his opinion, they were reading their press clippings. And so I think it is the kick in the rear they needed. What I am curious is they made little to no changes from last year to this year. They were like, we're going to run it back. This group's going to develop. They'll have another year all together. And they're going to add Calvin Ridley, and that's going to change everything. And guess what? They ended up in the same exact record just not winning the division as they did a season ago. Um, and so as far as Trevor's longevity goes, um, the decision whether to pay him or not is going to be debated all off season. Um, I think that you're looking at a scenario in Miami to bring it full circle where they haven't paid Tua yet because there were injury questions last off season and it was going to be the second year of the Mike McDaniel system. This is going to be year three of the Doug Peterson system. Are they going to make changes to elevate the play of the quarterback or are they expecting the quarterback himself just to take that leap? They'll definitely pick up the fifth year option. So they'll have a little bit of leeway heading into year four of his career. Um, But no, I I think that I wouldn't even compare it to Daniel Jones at this point. Um, And you know, this is rose colored glasses, perhaps my bigger concern is look at Matthew Stafford's career in Detroit and the operation failing around him. And he finally gets out of it ends up in LA and what happens year one and granted they pushed all their chips to the middle of the table. Of course they did. They went all in on it, but yep. there were people, there were plenty of people that thought mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford was a mid quarterback No, until he won the Super Bowl for sure. Absolutely. So that's, yeah. that's the one that I would go, I would go towards more than we'll no offense. See. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, let's let's give it this. This was crazy. This story. I couldn't believe that this happened oh, the way that yes. it did. 
Um, but like, I wish we could play the audio because we're going to get to Jameis and it was just, it was so fantastic. I'm actually upset. We didn't talk about it because we have to talk about the Jags during my radio show today because I just love this. Um, so the Saints beat the Falcons 48, 17 now former Falcons head coach, Arthur Smith and Saints coach Dennis Allen have this heated exchange after the game. Arthur Smith goes running up to him saying, what the F man? Um, that's because Saints running back Jamal Williams scored a touchdown after the game was out of reach. They were already up 41-17. The Saints are lined up in victory formation, and they went ahead and scored anyways instead of taking a knee. Allen apologized in the moment. Saints quarterback Jameis Winston, who handed the ball to Williams, later revealed in the postgame locker room that he has no regrets. He called it. He and the rest of the team that was in the huddle said, you know what, we're not taking a knee. We're going to punch it in instead. And he, he, yeah, Jameis said that he apologized to DA Dennis Allen for not running the play that he was told to run, but that he and his teammates wanted to honor Williams for the selfless contribute contributions in his words, the blood, sweat, and tears that Jamal Williams put into this season. Did Jameis do anything wrong here, John? Because Shannon Sharp is out here saying that like Jameis needs to be like suspended from the league. And <laughs> I don't cut think he's suspended. It was a, not in the comments. Just said Jameis should be cut today. Absolutely not. <laughs> Listen, was it a Bush League move? Yes, it was a Bush League move. Was it this irredeemable offense that is so egregious that it spits in the face of everything we've ever known about football? No, it, it is not. The problem with it, Mia, was that they were in the victory formation and then and ran, ran the, the ball. ball. That was the problem. Had they just lined up? and ran a touchdown in, at least then it's a case of, well, stop us. The defense could have prepared for it. Right, stop us. Stop us. You you haven't been able to all game stop us again. Would it still be a bit too much? Sure. I did think it was a little lowbrow to go victory formation and then just whip something out. That that was a little cheap. Um, But it's not the most egregious thing that's ever happened. They were trying to do something for a teammate, We've seen way worse. There is a serious conversation to be had about ignoring the coach and ignoring what the play call was. Uh, That is definitely something that needs to be answered to. Maybe you give him a fine, but I don't think it's anything more than that. I think we're blowing this way out of proportion. What do you say? I loved when Jameis... Jameis says, they, we already scored 41. What's the difference between 41 and 48? Like, um, uh, seven Vegas points, is the difference. It, Vegas uh, is the difference. but <laughs> Yes, Vegas is the difference. Although at that point, they had blown past the spread and the over. Um, l- listen, like, the, then when Jameis, like, goes, did you see the back and forth then with the reporter yeah, about yeah. ethically and, like, what the play call should have been and this, like – Jameis is one of the biggest characters we have seen in sports. Like I, we were talking about this this morning, like when Jameis was doing crazy things at Florida state and many of us, including myself believed he was this awful misogynistic villain. It turns out this is just who he, it's not that he's a bad person. Like he's just crazy. Like his brain is just wired very differently. Um, and I appreciate that. He at least stood to his, like, he was the one who said, Nope, we decided it was a team decision. <laughs> We decided the 11 guys on the field, like he was very transparent and like wanting to discuss it philosophically with reporters after. So like, I don't know, like, look, it was, is it a bad look? Yes. But then like when the reporter says, well, the saints have to play that team twice next year. Like Jameis may not be on the saints next year. What does he care? Jamal Williams may not be either. They have payroll issues. Like they're going to have to cut, cut the cap. You know, they didn't know if they'd be in the playoffs. They didn't know what the deal was going to be. It could be their last time playing together. And again, I was it a low brow move. Yes, it was. Is it the most egregious thing that I've ever seen on a football field? Like some people are trying to make it out to be. Absolutely not. I mean, man, I'd say it was more offensive 20 years ago when Joe Horn pulled a cell phone out from underneath the padding on the Mm -hmm. goalpost and made a call during the game. Like, that's more Saints egregious than this at the end of the day for me. I'm not getting caught up in this. We know I'll, I'll give the- you a comparison since I don't see them on the rundown since we're pretty NFL heavy tonight. Um, against Minnesota three years ago, um, Kirk Ferentz was up and wanted to stick it to P.J. Fleck. And so he called all three of his timeouts at the end of the game uh, already with the lead in hand and infamously said, 
Um, we decided we, you know, we couldn't take the timeouts with us. So we figured we'd leave the timeouts and take the pig as in Floyd of Rosedale, the trophy that they play for. Um, that's like, that's what I would equate this to. Like, it's just gamesmanship sticking it, not even, to, and in this case, you, you know, you're not even sticking it to the opposition. No. It's just to kind of beat your chest and go like, off. Again, the problem was they know, lined up victory season. formation. That was the biggest problem. Going victory formation. Had they just ran it in, we'd say, ah, oh, that was unnecessary, but we wouldn't look at it beyond that. This this was a little more, the let's press, dupe them. Like, the availability with Jameis, though, is legendary. I mean, any any availability with Jameis has that tendency. But this one, was, I mean, the back and forth with the reporter, oh, my God. It was just so fantastic. All right, let's, let's keep going here because this is Black Monday, Mia. Oh, yes. It is here Black Monday, and we could have a long conversation about this. Coaches learned their fate. As noted, Smith, he's gone from Atlanta. Ron Rivera, he's out in Washington. Wink Marndale just resigned as defensive coordinator for the Giants. He's someone who could be a head coach next year. We're still awaiting to learn the fate of Bill Belichick with the New England Patriots. Give me your hashtag bold coaching carousel prediction for this offseason. I don't care how off the walls it is. Give me something real bold that we're going to see in the head coaching ranks in the NFL. The hashtag bold. Bill Belichick is not coaching next year. He is not in the NFL. Is he He, on TV? He is on TV. Interesting. If not, becoming a part owner of some sort of naval fleet in Annapolis. And that will give the fans in Washington a faint sense of hope that he's going to come home and coach the commanders. It's not happening. I think he rides off into the sunset. Um, I I mean – I get the competitive juices. I get that he wants to, you know, get the all-time win record. He's 14 wins away, last I checked. Um, But at the same time, like, I think he has other interests. Like, some people have tried to tell me that, no, he, you know, he's like Saban. He's not like Saban. Saban and Kirby are wired on a completely different level because Bill Belichick doesn't have to recruit his own roster, let alone high school kids, and the transfer portal every five minutes like those two do. Nick Saban has notoriously said that his hobby is when he goes to his lake house and he moves the brush for his wife and does all the laundry lists of uh, household item, uh, household chores that she needs for him to do. And that's his hobby. Bill Belichick like is very into, we saw it at the army Navy game this year. He's very into history. He, he has a boat. He's got a dog. Like I think he could find some solace in retirement that I think the likes of a Saban can't, Michael Jordan, even on a player level, has struggled. Mike Krzyzewski is secretly struggling um, at Duke because he said he wasn't ever going to show up, and now he's, like, at every other game. Um, But then I looked at, like, a Roy Williams with North Carolina. Like, shout out to Roy Williams. Like, if anybody's going to do retirement, it was him. He said, you know what? I see you, Transfer Portal. I see you, NIL. That's not for me. I'm going to ride off into the sunset, even if they had a bad season. But it was COVID, so it was fine. I'm going to handpick my successor. I'm going to keep an office. But my wife and I are very interested in going to every minor league baseball stadium. So we're going to go to those. I'm going to golf. I'll show up at events. And then I'll come to games just to cheer them on. And, like, he's doing it right. And that's what I think Bill Belichick can do. See, I'm going to go in the total opposite direction here. Oh, gosh. And I will say this. Here's my bold prediction. Okay, you ready for this? Is Urban Meyer returning to the National Football League? No, no, he's not. One of Jim Harbaugh Mm -hmm. or Bill Belichick will be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles next season. Wow! <laughs> wow! I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, uh, listen, I know we got some Eagles fans in the chat on YouTube, and, like, th- they'll tell you. The Jags let's, may be collapsing, but the Eagles aren't far behind. Let's pitch a hypothetical scenario here, Mia. The Eagles, who have lost to the Giants... They've lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Jets earlier this season. They've been getting their asses handed to them lately. Mm-hmm. Their defense is like statistically the worst. This the was a team that league. was supposed to steamroll to the Super Bowl, right? Let's say they go one and done in the playoffs to Baker Mayfield. At the hands of the Bucks, by the way. The hands of Baker Mayfield specifically, who's hurt, by the way. And scored let's nine say, points yesterday. Let's say they lose. The players have been openly talking about how they don't know what's going wrong. They just have no idea what's happening. They don't believe in any of the play calling. They don't believe in the offensive or defensive strategizing right now. 
like if you're reading these quotes, they're pretty alarming. Let's say Nick Sirianni can't take the heat from that. They need a change. Even after bringing him to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, how they they fired Doug four seasons, three seasons it, after. So. It's not the it's first not that, time that something that like this would happen. It happens, to, honestly, it happens in the NHL all the time. Coaches that go to the Stanley Cup Finals the next year find themselves fired halfway through the season. The, the turnover is not something that is uncommon there. So let's say that happens. All of a sudden, regardless of the chaos, that Eagles job is the single most appealing job in the NFL, right? They're the most championship-ready team of anyone. Even if Jalen Hurts had an off year this year, they're still the most championship-ready. Their front four will be stacked when they're healthy. They, They are a great football team when all the wheels are in motion. Jim Harbaugh is obvious, right? Like that's that's if you're obvious. if you're Jim, especially playing for a national title tonight, like you can't go from that to a complete rebuild right. in Chicago. Like right. I don't think Chicago is that much of a complete no. I, I think I want to get to that. But, yeah, I, I don't think Chicago would be a spot for him. I, honestly, I think the Raiders or LA yeah, would probably be a spot for more. Maybe yeah. maybe even New England, which I think that actually may be more of a rebuild yeah. than Chicago. But that's a story for but time. let's say Bill here, coming off a disastrous couple of seasons in New England especially this year. He's he a wants, defensive wizard. He wants to prove he doesn't need Tom Brady to win a championship. He goes in, takes over a championship-ready Philadelphia team on a two-year deal, a one-year deal with an option. Tell me you can't see that happening. It's plausible, I isn't it? I can. That's the scary part. And what's sad is uh, a little bit closer to home here, like no one was worried about Doug's job today. And Doug knows it. Because when Doug was in Philly, if this collapse that happened to the Jaguars happened in Philadelphia, like it is, um, oh, he'd be going job, secu- job security is absolutely up, is up in the air. No, I think Nick Sirianni's job is on the line. I do. Which I is do. crazy, because they went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And, like, you can pin as much of it on your coordinators as you want to, and they pretty much have been. Right. Well, also, let's talk about you hire Matt Patricia and things go awry. This has now happened multiple times to multiple franchises. And here we are uh, still kicking the tires on him. I'm just saying, I think it's totally plausible that one of those two guys is the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles next year. I really do believe that. I hope it happens just so we can say we were here first. Um, One more real quick on the bold front. Um, Do the Bears actually pick Caleb Williams at number one? Do they run with Justin Fields? I and think they will trade. Just, I think they will trade Justin Fields, and they will make that first overall pick. I do too. Um, I think the problem is is that I think they will retain Matt Eberflus. They'll get rid of uh, Getze, who is another guy who his own players were dragging him at locker room cleanout today. Um, I mean, DJ Moore was like straight up like, "We have the players, we just aren't calling the plays." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay. I wonder who that is. Um, listen, so he's gone. But I think that if they're going to go the Caleb direction, they need to clean everything. Yeah, I, I could see them shipping fields out to Atlanta. Yep. And that or Denver. Or Denver, maybe. There's a bold prediction for yeah. you. And I could see one of those two teams having interest in Justin Fields. Should, I, I think Justin Fields has a lot of promise still. And he, he could be a great quarterback. And, yep, maybe they make a head coaching change in Chicago and all of a sudden you've got Jim Harbaugh running the operation there starting from the ground on how he right, wants to Right, but that's the thing it. is like he he literally will have just been, you know, at the mountaintop. Yeah, but, but there's something winning a national I title understand is he okay that, going I understand to that, but there's something to say about having the autonomy to build things your way in the NFL. There's something to say about that. And if I'm not mistaken, the Bears will have a good amount of cap space too, right? Yes, they will. They, yep, they have like so, the fifth most. Yep. So that's that's a pretty, pretty, good, pretty situation. good situation and two, two top 10 first round draft picks. Correct. So that, that is not a bad situation to be in, in, in a division that's pretty open. So I, I could see a scenario where that happens, but I'm going with Belichick or Harbaugh to the Eagles. You're saying Belichick retires. Yep. Uh, any other works in TV sits on his boat. Listen, any other I, guesses? I, yeah. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to Denver, but, but coaching wise, I mean, any, any other, I, I mean, I agree with some of the folks in the chat about Harbaugh to L.A. I could see that. I just yeah, don't see, 100%. Like, and he, he's obviously from there. 
I could see. I know it's crazy, but I could see Harbaugh in in New England. Truthfully, if they really want to give him the keys, do you think? uh, I think Vrabel is going. I think Vrabel's the guy for New England. Yeah. No offense to uh, Gerard Mayo, who like we were talking about it at the stadium of like he has like a coach in waiting clause in his contract, but like. Unfortunately, Robert Kraft is going to look at him and say, I'll make you the associate head coach, but like, I, I can't give it to yeah. you now. No, I think Vrabel's the guy for New England. I think that I, I could totally see the Raiders. I, I hope the Raiders keep Antonio Pierce, but I could totally see them. I do too. Sidebar. Tempted by Harbaugh. Yes, yeah. I agree. Sidebar. Um, can we, I hope my boy uh, Champ Kelly, by the way, gets the GM job because he's great. Um, let's discuss, did you see the clip with Brad Galley and the Harbaugh parents? I was, was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up in just a couple minutes here, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, a lot of fun. Look at you. You got hearts. Hearts, out of hearts that. emojis. Can I do that? Do I get hearts here? No. no hearts. You got to do it right. I'm doing it right. What the hell? I want the hearts. Give me the hearts. What the hell? Well, here's happening? a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of heart. His name is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, many would argue he he has a very troubled soul. Um, he said the Jets organization needs to flush the bull this offseason on the Pat McAfee show today in order to move forward, which was probably like the ninth most controversial thing that he has said on that program in the last two weeks. John, who's going to tell him? <laughs> Not about the controversial stuff because Pat dug his – flagpole in and defended his guy today too um but yeah like who's gonna tell him that the jets are cursed and this is the situation uh, that's not what they're gonna tell him they're gonna tell him that the bs ain't coming from anybody else the bs is coming from him this is the spider-man meme he's pointing he's pointing to himself but what did we talk about here at the beginning of the season me i, I very distinctly remember this you said that you could see this being a beautiful disaster yes and i and i responded to you and i said I don't think it's going to be a beautiful disaster. I think it's just going to be a disaster. And what do you know, Mia? There was nothing. To quote the great Jim Moore, there was diddly poo that was beautiful about this Jets season. It was a train wreck. And they're lucky that they had a historically good defense. Because had they not, they might have won one or two games this year. The fact that they won seven is a miracle in and of itself. And all of this, and I mean all of it, falls on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. Now, the injury the injury is what it is, right? Right. It, but, it was a freak. Like, honestly, like, that's sure. a beautiful disaster. Sure. Like, I couldn't have scripted it any better, but, like, it was a freak accident. But the injury is what it is. But the roster was constructed the way it was because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers kept providing the distractions for the team by every week being like, oh, I'm coming back in four weeks after tearing my Achilles. Aaron Rodgers was the one who goes on Pat McAfee's show and accuses Jimmy Kimmel of being a pedophile. All of this falls on Aaron Rodgers. Nathaniel Hackett couldn't do anything in New York. Who brought him in? Aaron Rodgers. My good friend Alan Lazard, a healthy scratch this week. Who brought him in? Aaron Rodgers. Come on. Who probably prevented them I from bringing Randall a veteran Clock quarterback in? Knocks, Why did so. Joe Flacco not come into this team? Aaron Rodgers. Listen, I like a lot of the people involved with the Jets. I do. But sometimes you reap what you sow. If you, play with, if you play with fire, you may get burned. Right. Uh, we never thought the lion would attack us, said the people that unleashed the lion on the crowd. Where do you think all this stuff stemmed from? I mean, come on. And now you're bringing him back next year. He's older now. He'll be over 40. He's coming off an Achilles injury. And the Jets are lucky that they're talented enough, defensively at least, that they might be okay next year. But I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that. I will tell you from personal experience, um, because I did cover a team that somehow won six games without a quarterback, that being the 2018 Jacksonville Jaguars, but had a top three defense. Defenses get old quick. It will creep up when you're not even expecting it. Because that was a defense that, yes, they traded Jalen Ramsey midway through the 2019 season. 
I don't think he was the reason, though, that all of a sudden their run defense crumbled and they were giving up an average of 200 yards per game down the stretch. Um, and it was the same guys, and that's what everyone kept saying. It's the same guys as last year. What happened outside of obviously, which is ironic given this conversation, um, it, it's ironic given that uh, it was the uh, well, Nathaniel Hackett, number one. Um, what was I going to say with the pass rush? Oh, um, I lost my train of thought. Someone texted me. Trying well, to let, tell me, let me just say this real quick here. Jackson, this is a clown comment. Okay. I don't give a crap what Aaron Rodgers vaccination status is at this juncture. I don't give a crap. It has nothing to do with that. This man was a clear distraction on this team this season. You know what leaders do? Leaders step to the plate and they get behind the machine. They don't expect the machine to fall in line with them. They rally the people around them. They're good teammates. Aaron Rodgers took up someone's roster spot despite knowing he wasn't going to be playing this season. Because he was Aaron Rodgers and he thought he could get away with it. But that's my point. Oh, the irony just hit me too, by the way. The irony was that Quincy Williams um, had to play as a rookie in Jacksonville and stunk. And then he got to the Jets and now he's a pro bowler or should be. I have no time for Aaron Rodgers. Well, guess, no get ready because they're running it back in 2024, and John. And they are. The same outfit. And they are. And, you know, a lot of people in New York clown Robert Sala. And there are definitely things that I think Robert Sala does not do great. But to his credit, he got his team to fight. They they somehow won seven games. They were not With a team. Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon. As their quarterback. And Tim Boyle. And Tim Boyle. Never forget Timmy. Who also and was on the team because of his proximity to Aaron Rodgers. Did you watch? I assume you didn't because you were covering a game. But did you watch or see any of the Jets game against the Patriots? No, and I was very sad because I really wanted Bill Belichick to ride off into the sunset no. beating the Jets one more time. Lucky you that you didn't have to watch any of this game. Because I did. It was Horrendous. Horrendous. All the way around, awful. It was a service to fans that the game ended. I'll leave you at that. Rest in peace to the 2023-2024 New York Jets. And the NFL regular season. Let's I'm go so to college glad, football! I'm so glad that you nor I have to spend any more energy why? He's still going to be going on McAfee every Tuesday. But, but I'm so glad that we don't have to spend any more energy talking about the underperformance of New York football teams. And now, you know what we can switch our energy to in a couple weeks? The underperformance of New York baseball teams, because we'll get there. and <laughs> it, it will come, okay? All right, let's talk college football. That's what we got coming up tonight. We're going to see Michigan face Washington. National title game should be a great game. Really excited for it. What was the most memorable or bizarre college football story this year for you? Because there were there were a lot of crazy storylines dating back all the way to week zero here, Mia. Gosh. Well, I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room. If Michigan wins, is there an asterisk on this championship? Because people forget Jim Harbaugh served not one but two suspensions this year. He has only been on the sideline for half of their games. And we've just forgotten, like, Sharon Moore crying against Penn State will, and, like, cursing on live television will never not be funny to me, John. Um, yeah, it's – I don't know. Like, I, like for me, like, I look back and I'm like, Reggie Bush won a Heisman. You can't tell me he didn't. Louisville won the 2013 Men's Basketball Championship. You cannot tell me they didn't. I hate when the NCAA and when the powers that be try to strip – teams of their title and of their championship because of off the field transgressions. Um, But yes, the Michigan saga between our our sweet Prince Connor stallions and everything that, you know, unfolded and the fact that they are here, they are on the doorstep of, you know, ending the drought and winning a national title tonight, despite all of that Michigan against everybody. um, It actually took on a life of its own. I think I got to go because think about what we were talking about on this podcast when the season started. Does it not feel like a fever dream? All the Colorado stuff. 
Oh like, my god. That seems like three I years ago. About it, honestly. Right. It seems like three years ago. Apparently he we, may hire Jim Leonard or Lenhard, however you pronounce we, it. We so. did three weeks in a row leading with Colorado on this. And podcast. we weren't alone. That was every program in yeah. America. So I think the teasery that Colorado was going to be this powerhouse this year is right up there for me as far as talking about uh storylines that are just so bizarre because they flamed out dramatically oh yeah no uh, one I mean, was talking we about were talking that. about scenarios mia where Deion sanders is the coach of the dallas cowboys next season a couple weeks into the college football season and here we are and here we um, are some other honorable mentions for me um caleb williams and usc's demise by mm-hmm. their lack of an offense the state of florida suing the ncaa over yeah. florida mm-hmm. state um, uh, that one court. stadium that wasn't done under construction and teams have oh yes Nash- in Vander- in, Nashville, in Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt stadium yep. love mm-hmm. that journey um of course i'd be remiss if i didn't mention the worst 10-win team of all time the iowa hawkeyes um, of 2023 uh also we didn't That's talk about it pass. we didn't talk about it but the Pop-Tart edible mascot lived up to the hype, did it not? It did. It was amazing. And the Cheez-It mascot at the Cheez-It Bowl then coming out and saying, I'm not an edible mascot. It was just fantastic. Um, I think the fact that Alabama almost lost to, lost to USF, I know that obviously was in the news when they played in the Rose Bowl last week, but we're not talking about that more. The fact that they almost went down to South Florida and lost to the Bulls and instead ended up in the college football playoff. Um, yeah, it was a great season of just – Great parody uh, across the board in terms of storylines, but also the teams on the field. And I think that's why you're seeing two teams that haven't played for national titles since the 90s that are going to be on the field tonight in Houston. It's been a crazy season. Let's wrap things up here before we get to our Beast of the Week over on the Diamond, Mia. Yes, because baseball season, we it's quickly approaching 40. How many days till pitchers and catchers report, uh, John? pitchers and catchers is usually right around valentine's day yeah so i think it's like 42 or something like that i lost count anywho um the dodgers signed outfielder tioscar hernandez to a one-year 23 million dollar contract this week that means they have now committed more than a billion dollars to free agents this offseason 23 million dollars i can barely pronounce the guy's name um john did baseball just get flipped on itself or is this actually fair Hey, Teoscar Hernandez is a real good player, okay? Yeah, Mariners um, are feisty the last few and, years. Yeah, and he's he's a good addition to that team. The Dodgers have spent more money this offseason than the rest of Major League Baseball combined. Uh, it's How much of it wild. have they deferred? A good chunk of it with the Shohei. Just Shohei. Contract, so just Shohei. But, just Shohei. But still, you know, Yamamoto and Hernandez, and they traded for Tyler Glass now. They invested. Mia... I think, and I know this is an unpopular take, I think this is a great thing for baseball on two levels. Number one, it gives the league a villain. We have a clear-cut villain in the Los Angeles Dodgers. Have we had a villain since, it's I guess, the time. Yankees of the early 2000s? Not really. Yeah. We, we got a the villain Red Sox. Here. Yeah. We got a villain. And leagues are always way more interesting when you have a villain to chase after. So that's number one. Number two, I'd like to remind everyone, owners are billionaires. There's no salary cap in Major League Baseball. Every single one of these owners, if they wanted to, could afford to do exactly what the Dodgers are doing. It is when they choose not to and try to make excuses for it that they get exposed. So hopefully... This sends a sign to the rest of the league that if you want to win and you want to be competitive in the market, you got to spend. I think it's a good thing all around. See, now that you brought up billionaire owners, I'm realizing we didn't talk about David Tepper throwing a drink at Jaguar fans um, and getting a a $300,000 fine, um, which is a slap on the wrist, um, which honestly, this $23 is a drop in the bucket for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hate to be that guy. It's a a one-year deal, so it's whatever, right? It'll come off the books next year. It's, It's a flyer on a guy who's got a good pop. He can drive in close to 100 runs. I, I got nothing to be mad about here. Do, are you rooting for the Dodgers to win it all then or I mean, not? I'm not rooting for the Dodgers to win it all, but I, I think it would be a great thing if they didn't because then other teams in the league will be encouraged to put themselves out there and go spend. 
Or not, because then they're like, well, look at no, us. No, no, I think it will encourage them because you have to keep up because then the Dodgers are going to only keep trying to add to that. They're only going to keep trying to add more and more. So other teams have to step up. They have to. It, it's got to be done. And the loophole with the whole Shohei Otani contract, it was totally legal. Yep. The players and that the I agree agree with. with. They no, and no one it. else noticed it. Like, what's the scene in the movie where, like, they figure it out and it's just like, well, it is, it, it's legal. Right. So. so I have got no issues with this. I really, really hope that the rest of the league wakes up. I mean, nothing has happened this offseason outside of Shohei and Yamamoto. Yeah, and they it's both went to the same place. So quiet. Well, it's I mean, some... the traded for Juan Soto. Yeah, That's but I'm talking free agents. I'm talking about free oh, agents. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, they're still... So many quality names out there. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger. Let's get some movement going. I'm ready for baseball. You're all going to the Dodgers. They might be. Who's to say? Back, 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 back. Cody goes. It's pretty beastly. Yeah, what's your beast of the week? Who did it? Yeah, I was going to say, the besides besides the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, you know what's coming. She hit a buzzer beater last Tuesday. The world wanted to say, with all due respect to your employer, John, um, that she didn't get it off in time. But ball don't lie. The photo doesn't lie. Shout out to Brian Ray with the Hawkeye uh, athletic team for taking the picture. 0.1 on the shot clock as Caitlin Clark downed Michigan State, who is pretty feisty. Like, I love how competitive the Big Ten in women's basketball has become. Because when I was covering the Hawkeyes six years ago, it was basically Maryland, Ohio State, Iowa and a couple others and the rest of the league. Now we're in a world where Indiana was a one seed last year. Iowa obviously made the national title game. Ohio state and Maryland remain prolific programs as I get balloons in honor of the Hawkeyes, of course. Um, And now you've got teams like Michigan state, Purdue, um, Rutgers, unfortunately has kind of fallen off a cliff, but that's a story for another time. Um, and so you're seeing parody across that league and across women's basketball at large. And yes, you're always going to have in this year of 2024, Iowa, South Carolina, Baylor, LSU. Like I get it that those teams are always going to be the topic of conversation, but the rest of the league and the rest of the, the league of the, of the sport is the, the parody is, it is quite good, but Caitlin Clark, my beast of the week. Something tells me she will be winning that award on this program another time or two this year. I'm going to go with the professional women's hockey league for their rollout. Specifically, they set an attendance record for most watched professional women's hockey event ever. 13,316 people at the Excel energy center in Minnesota. They faced Montreal. Uh, The NWHL was a thing for a while. I, I covered a lot of players who ended up playing in that, that, kind of morphed into what we're seeing now with the PWHL. Seems like they got some good funding behind this. I absolutely think there's an audience for women's hockey on the national professional stage. And we're seeing more investment in women's sports and proof that women's sports are draws on television. So if you build it, they'll come, right? That's the whole ideology here. 13,000 for a women's hockey game in the United States. uh, That's a pretty big deal as far as I see it. And if the league also includes Canada, then obviously that'll help the overall numbers. They do. So shout out to the PWHL. This has been Out of Bounds on the Know Your News Network. I'm going to leave you with this going out here. See that over my shoulder right there? Do you know what those are? Derek Jeter. Wheaties. That is Derek Jeter. Those are a limited run Derek Jeter's Wheaties box from 1999. They were called Jeter's. Uh, I picked it up recently. An intact box. There's still cereal in there from 1999. I will not are be you going to eat it. it? I will not be eating it. Okay. Uh, Are you going to put it in a time capsule? No. Do we think it's still fresh? So maybe we'll see next week. That's my toast. This has been Out of Bounds. We'll see you next time right here on Know Your News. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I click the subscribe button. You really should too. If you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.